You're listening to the Teach Better Talk podcast featuring expert educators eager to share progressive tactics to reach more students. Teach Better Talk is created by teachers and fueled by passion. Let's get started. Hey everyone, welcome to episode 72 of Teach Better Talk. I'm Ray Hewart, and as always, I am with the epic, super awesome, passionate, funny, kind, collaborative, creative, (laughs) malleable, and most importantly, mindful of his audience, Jeff Gargas. (laughs) Did you just use everything you had and like we're not going to have anything anymore? How silly of you. No, all of those words, that entire sentence was submitted by Jeff Kubiak. Uh, you know, as soon as you start saying, I'm like, that's Kubiak. It's got to be Kubiak. It is because he Dropping is some a kindness. mega Jeff Gargas fan. He, I'm an epic Jeff Kubiak fan. So, Jeff, I hope, I, I think you listen. So, if you're listening right now, I appreciate your brother. And everyone go get his book, One Drop of Kindness. It's fantastic. It's one of only two stickers that I have on my laptop. And there's just because I'm not a sticker person, but also because it's awesome. Uh, so, <laughs> go do that. So, thanks, Jeff. That's awesome. Um... Ray, how are you feeling? I'm feeling really good right now. Are you feeling really good right now? I'm feeling really good. We just are recording after a weekend where you and I spent time together. So, I mean, really, the fact that I just left Ohio and then like 12 hours later, we're sitting here recording (laughs) podcasts in separate states. It's kind of funny. Well, it's kind of funny. When I dropped you at the airport yesterday, I was like, you're kind of like, yeah, I'll, I'll see. You know, I'll talk to you. I'm like, yeah, I'll talk to you tomorrow night. And you're like, oh, that's right. We do that. Uh, and, and here we are again. I'm, of course, I've talked to you, I think, like three, four times today prior to this, but that's just how we roll. Well, I think it's important for our listeners to know that I am like completely the person that calls you to ask you a question. And then we hang up and I call you three seconds later with another <laughs> question. And so that's kind of what our conversations were today until we started recording our podcast was I was like, oh, oh, one more thing. <laughs> well, if you, if you remember, if you recall, like when I picked you up this weekend from the airport on, it was on Friday. Like you, you asked me like what I do, like sort of my daily thing, just trying to get, you know, cause we get to just in, in each other's world. And I told you that a lot of my day is basically just being interrupted. You weren't, that was me today. I don't know if you knew, but like, it's mainly you. It is me. It totally it's almost me. always, you know, <laughs> it's, it's, I interrupt you all the time. And if anyone wants Jeff Gargas's phone number, <laughs> feel free to DM me and I'll send you his phone number. <laughs> Uh, that would be perfectly fine. So, so Ray, this was this was a cool episode. I know you were super excited about this because you've been a fan of, of of Michael's for a long time. But we had Michael coming on, and and you listen, and you probably know him as the Tech Rabbi. If you don't know him as the Tech Rabbi, you should go to thetechrabbi.com or on any social media at the Tech Rabbi and get to know him because he is phenomenal. Uh, we were excited to have him on, and he did not disappoint. Uh, just I really enjoy his. He's very just kind of like chill the way he talks. He's really easy to listen to and talk to, but just really thoughtful answers on everything. And uh, I loved his – so he's the tech guy. So obviously he does a lot with technology, but – and he did. He he dropped a lot of different little programs that they use and tools and stuff like that. But he didn't just talk about technology and tech tools. Instead, he was talking almost the entire time was all about the purpose 
and being purposeful in anything, regardless of what it was tech or whatever. And anytime he did talk about tools or why he switched to this from that or whatever, it was all about finding the purpose and focusing on the purpose and things like that. And I love that because that so speaks our language on the Teach Better team. And I know it was ringing with you very well because we talk about that all the time that like you say all the time fluff's not enough well text the same thing like text not enough either if it's not being used purposeful so i kind of want to throw that at you ray can you just like i just want to basically go like can you rant for a second about being purposeful in the classroom oh my gosh i don't know how <laughs> long you want me to rant but i won't lie to you i mean we've talked about this since episode what was it three with thomas c murray that you yeah. can have a lesson using technology but when you ask someone why you're using technology, if your answer is because, well, it was a really cool tech tool, then that doesn't actually do anything for anyone besides, you know, like check the box that you incorporated technology. And, you know, the tech rabbi is is the same kind of avenue. You know, he's not just having a 3D printer in his classroom and wanting his students to know how to kind of print on it and have the experience of using a 3D printer. He wants to incorporate purpose which then also makes a 3D printer a valuable piece of technology versus a $400 tool that sits in the back of your room that, you know, you print keychains on. And so, of course, that resonated with me for a thousand different reasons. But for those of you that know me, I am all about doing things with purpose in the classroom. And if you don't know why you're doing something, then you might as well not teach it. Don't bother. Because your job as an educator is to not just deliver content. To be honest, if you were just there to deliver content, Google and YouTube are already doing your job. Your your job is to not just deliver the content and, and make it engaging for students, but to ensure that you're teaching them skills within that content that allows them to use that later on. And he had a great example, actually he had about 100 great examples in this episode, <laughs> about how we're not just teaching students how to be entrepreneurs. We're not just teaching students how to design something, but truly how to create and problem solve mm -hmm. so that when they go into their dream job, when they go into any job and somebody says, we have a problem, how are we going to fix it? You're the one in the room that can raise your hand and show up. And that's so incredibly important. Yes. And he and he touched on also as, as part of his phenomenal advice for teachers one of the things that really popped out and it goes hand-in-hand -in -hand with this is that he said, don't don't try to master a tech tool, master the purpose. And I was like, oh, that's gold. Just, it was that the whole episode. This is a phenomenal episode. So so real quick, if you don't know who the tech rabbi is, Michael Cohen, so what's really cool is I love is that he's actually a, like, a graphic designer and a technologist like turned educator like and, and came into this. Uh, he currently, is he serving as the director of innovation uh, at and I'm, I'm going to try not to butcher the name, but it's Yeshiva University of Los Angeles Boys School or EULA as they call it. So, and he talks about you know he he manages their uh, STEAM and entrepreneurship center, and, he, and we talk quite a bit about the entrepreneurship studio because anyone who knows me knows that got me really excited. And what they're doing there is super super cool, and the way he he talks about what they're trying to teach. And Ray alluded a little bit to it there, uh, but what they're trying to instill in these students and the lessons he's learned through it is just, I mean, just powerful. Uh, Michael does a lot of speaking, a lot of work, and he works with schools and businesses and and um, in, in districts around to help them create opportunities, as he likes to put it, for students to leverage technology uh, and, and really get into that creation phase. He also speaks a lot. You've probably seen him on stages all over the place like ISTE, South by Southwest, uh, Congreo, Mexico, EdTech Teacher Summits, uh, Apple Education Events. I mean, just 
it's just crazy. Uh, and you may also have read a little book called Educated by Design, which I know, Ray, you are a huge fan of because it it's a phenomenal book. It is an amazing book. And I have to tell you, it's also formatted really yes. beautifully. So you have to go check it out because even just for the visual appeal, it is not your typical book. You got to go check it out. Well, I don't, he's just not your typical educator. I think that just makes complete sense. He's also an Apple Distinguished Educator, a Google Certified Trainer, an Adobe Certified Trainer. And he's been ranked as one of today's top 50 EdTech influencers. I don't know how to say any more about this guy, but we could probably do it for a while. But I'm going to stop talking, Ray, and let's just get into episode number 72 with Michael Cohen, the tech rabbi. All right, we are here and we are talking to Michael Cohen, the tech rabbi, as you probably know him best by. And we are super excited. I know Ray is like really, really excited. Um, I mean, not that I'm not really, really excited. I just know that Ray is like sort of squealing excited and she's now turning red because I'm embarrassing her. But Why that's what I was trying. Right now? He, he can think I'm cool and collected. That's what I wanted to do. We can actually stop recording. I'm sorry, Michael. That's all I really need to do is embarrass her and then we can move on. No, uh, Michael, we are so excited to have you on. I really appreciate you taking some time out of your, your busy schedule to sit down and chat with us. Uh, before we go any further, I just want to ask, man, how are you feeling right now? I'm feeling great. I'm, I'm really excited to, to have this conversation. I love these conversations. And I think that educators being able to chill to a podcast and hear other educators sharing the journeys, the struggles, the interesting ideas is always something that's, you know, I'm, I'm always excited to be part of. Michael, I'm so excited to have you on this podcast. I don't care if Jeff embarrasses me or not, but it is a dream to have you on here. I love your new book. It was great to connect with you earlier this year and, and have a conversation. So I'm excited for all that we have in store for our listeners to be able to learn from you today. But I want to make sure we start out with um, our listeners learning a little bit about you. So would you mind telling us how you respond when people ask you what you do? Yeah, that's, I, I, I've spent a lot of time practicing the answer to that because it, <laughs> it, happens, it happens in all industries. And I think in, in education, we, we have so many different ways in which we can respond to that, you know, besides just saying, you know, I'm an educator, I'm a teacher, I'm a, I'm a director of insert, you know, whatever the title is. And I, I'm fortunate right now to be at a boys high school in Los Angeles. And what I do every day is I help mentor students to really help them find the skills and the direction for them to solve problems that they see in the world. And I know that that can be kind of a vague response, but I think what needs to happen in, in education today is we, we need to give our students those vague abstract moments. And I spend a good majority of my idea of my day helping students, you know, struggle and, and, and really try to build out creative problems to the or creative solutions to the problems that they see in the world. I love that. And I'll let you use the, the phrase you help your, your students struggle and learn how to struggle so that they can, you know, go on to, 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 create those solutions. So I want to talk about a little bit of struggle that might, you know, that maybe if you could take us to a time in your life that you had a failure or a misstep or a fall on your face moment, whatever that might be, but where you struggled for a moment. And can you tell us about what it was that happened? Why was it a failure in your life? And then how did you overcome that? What did you learn from? What did you take away from that? So I fail all the time. <laughs> I'm, failing, I'm failing this week. I, I failed 20 minutes ago. Um, but in all seriousness, it, we we look at failure as these these catastrophic moments where you know everything's on the table and it's lost and it's game over. And we have uh, education to thank for that because it, we are trained throughout our entire K twenty or K twenty plus experience 
as a um, get this done and do it perfectly, get 100%. And if it's not 100%, it's basically a fail. And at least that's what I see our students struggling. And that's what I struggled with uh, as, as a student in, in, in high school and, and really for a, a good chunk of college until I, I kind of figured things out. And that was when I figured out what failure was all about. And a big failure for me uh, was coming into this high school. So I'm at this high school. I, I spent about six years in the K-8 space. I'm, I'm finishing up my, uh, my 10th year in education. And I, I forgot that uh, high school students are not as capable as I, I thought they were when I was teaching them my first couple years. And I created this entrepreneurship studio where it's super open-ended, super abstract. It's really like whatever you are curious about, let's make happen, let's try it. And I realized that our students need a lot more guidance than that, especially when we're giving them a space that is the, literally the opposite of what it is that um, they're doing all day in their other classes. And I share that as a failure for me because when my students failed in this experience in different capacities, it, I really felt like it was it was a failure on my own part as well because we we talk about innovation, we talk about entrepreneurship. It, it's such these are such buzzy words right now in the education space, and you know I, I present all over the country about these topics, but it, it's really hard to actually implement. It's really hard to get students to create a a high quality prototype of of some sort some sort of solution or or some sort of product or 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 a, an experience an event you know we we talk about it and we brainstorm but actually getting to that point so for me the failure was like this just this just didn't work i can't just let them free and and even if they they tell me very clearly what they envision they need that roadmap they need that journey and i i realized that we have to stop putting our students in this, you have one year, you know, you have, you have from August, September until May, June, this is what you're going to do. This is the time and, and you do it and it's done. And so what I started to do to kind of bounce back from this is students will actually carry over their work as long as, you know, they're taking the class next year, they're going to carry over their work from year, you know, 10th grade to 11th grade. I have a student who did 10th grade, 11th grade, and is going to be doing 12th grade. So what the, the, the solution was that we, we have to look at our, our resources, the time that we have, the realistic skill set and development scope of our students, and then try to make a decision and really look at you know, how it is that we can better, you know, better support our, our learners. Now, that's like a really big idea. So I'll give you just on 30 seconds, I, I, I get caught rambling all the time. 30 seconds, like very practical, real failure. I'm working with the 3D printers, working in you know, 3D design programs. I have a design background, but I have to sort of uh, lower my software scope for my students because they're not gonna jump into Autodesk Fusion 360 mm -hmm. and start hammering away. And so I'm in Tinkercad and I'm trying to create this, this casing for an object. And I'm like, I don't understand. Like I'm, I'm on like prototype number five and I'm just like not measuring it correctly and i'm trying to figure out and pick apart this process of why is it that the object does not fit in the container even though i'm trying to you know measure you know you measure twice cut once right measure measure twice 3d print once and i realized that when 
when you're looking at a 3D printer, you have to understand that there, there is, there is this, the thickness of the head as it's putting the material out, uh, it expands slightly. So you, you have to uh, be aware, but you're only aware when you actually try to accomplish it. So you know, I think in short, a very just practical struggle right now is, you know, I, I literally took me four times to get this, this, this prototype out for my students to work in is, you know, you, you have to be okay with wasting time, quote unquote, and wasting material so that you can be able to better understand what it is that you're trying to create and the, and the, the solution that you're trying to create uh, so that you can hopefully help others learn that skill or at least arrive at a better product yourself. Hey, what's up? It's Jeff. We're going to get right back to the episode, but how does $50 sound? Head over to teachbetterconference.com, look for the two-day registration, put in a discount code, podcast talk, and you're going to save yourself $50 off registration. We're going to see you in November 8th and 9th at Teach Better Conference. And right now, let's get back to the episode. All right, I love it. And right, I know Ray knows that I can't let the entrepreneurship studio go without further question. And so can you take us into that a little bit? That really piques my interest. So can you kind of just share like some of the things that you're doing in that entrepreneurship studio, either like you as the role as the, uh, as the facilitator, but also some maybe some of the cool things that the students are experiencing. You, you mentioned how you can't just let them go free. You've got to help them with that roadmap. So maybe share with us like what that map or that road, that journey that you've laid out for them looks like in that course? Yeah, absolutely. So when I when I started to create the course, I, I was really excited. I really thought that, you know, certain certain dreams were going to come true. Um, and then the sobering reality is, you know, if if if, every, if 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 entrepreneurship was so easy, everyone would be doing it. Right. Yeah. And, and the, the the best analogy that I've ever heard to describe a an entrepreneur uh, and I, I, to this day, can't remember who said it, but I, I heard it on some podcast. An entrepreneur is someone who jumps off the cliff and assembles the plane on the way down. Right? That's that's the entrepreneur. Right? It's not a small business owner. You know that that's that's someone who you know has you know they they sell plumbing supplies and they're really great at making sure that they have incredible customer service and incredible inventory. The entrepreneur is the one who figures out how to make the tape that can withstand. Um, being uh, coming into contact with water, so that you can literally just throw the tape under the water and 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 cover up the uh, leak and stop it right away. So that's that's the entrepreneur. And I, I knew that if I had like 30, 30 students in the class, two sections. So now you know I'm I'm, I'm closer to like you know forty or so students. So I should get at least half an entrepreneur out of forty. I figured you know that's like fair <laughs> odds. And um, I, I had a couple students who have progressed in in a pretty interesting way. What they don't understand, though, is that it's 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 a it's a bigger journey than one school year, and it requires a lot of time outside of these three day a week elective you know periods during the day. You know, like oh, I want to start a business. Well, how much time are you working on the business? Well, I, I meet with you Monday, Wednesday, uh, and Thursday. You know, for 45, 50 minutes. I'm like, well, okay, all right. So you know, have you ever heard of a business being created you know in that way? So I had to scale it back because I realized that. The, the students that are, are going to do it are going to do it. And the students that are not, they just need to redirection. So mm-hmm. it's, it's really about entrepreneurial thinking. And it's about giving the students um, you know, exposure to um, different professions, different skill sets. Um, but to you know, answer the question you know, as direct as I can, I have, you know, I have one student who is creating an app, trying to you know, tap into some of the more intelligent 
uh, technology solutions, AI, machine learning, you know, those are big words, very mm -hmm. buzzy words and, and really hard to break into. But the premise of his app is helping people uh, analyze the food that they have, uh, the food that they can locate that's good quality food so that they can make good meals, healthy meals for their families. So there's a lot of solutions that exist already that are, um, you know, we'll send you the meal. But no, you want to teach them a craft, teach them a skill, get them to eat healthy uh, within a budget. You know, Blue Apron is not, you know, very affordable for most people. Blue, you know, it's an expensive solution if you're trying to cook for, you know, four to six people. So he's trying to create, he's trying to create this app and he's done some pretty cool research. He's got some small micro grants and, um, you know, a couple, um, a couple entrepreneurs, you know, being supportive, but it's a bit, it's a, it's a tall order. He does, he's not, he's not a programmer. He wants mm -hmm. to create an app. Where does he find the program? So he has all these obstacles, but he's, he's making progress. Um, I have other students who realize I can't make a company uh, yet, but what if I really build up some skills so I could create a company later? Like what about if I build skills in 3D design and engineering, in programming, in um, you know, manufacturing, and then you know, when I'm in college, you know, I can be one of those cool, famous like college dropouts, and you know, go start <laughs> the next billion-dollar company. Mm -hmm. So they've they've sort of taken a left turn from making a business to uh, being able to have um, some really solid skills. So I have students, you know, creating. I have one student who's created a a replica V6 engine. Um, I've had other students that are creating like super ornate and artistic kind of um, designs. One one student right now is is determined to, he wants to create a fashion label. Uh, he's trying to laser etch these designs onto clothing. And I'm like, okay. So we, we've, we've burned through quite a few um, <laughs> pieces of, uh, of clothing, trying to find the right material that will be able to withstand the, the laser cutter. Um, you know, we have other students who are just, you know, super into, uh, into programming because they, you know, they want to, they want to design apps. So it, Definitely hasn't ended. This is my first full year here. I came um, not this past December, but the December before. So it's kind of like in the middle of the year, they recruited me uh, to be their director of innovation. Um, so the, the course, you know, it's going to evolve. And there's certain ways that I think I need to kind of, I guess, gamify so that it can have a little bit of familiarity with them. Mm -hmm. As far as like, you know, if I'm investing money, like fake money in your startup, uh, that like equals an A, like if you burn all your money, so you fail, right? Like if you spend all your money, and you don't communicate mm -hmm. or reflect or pause, like then your, your company goes bankrupt. Maybe bankrupt is a C minus. I, I don't know. I mean, in business, it's not an F. It's actually a C. It's a great write-off to you know, bankrupt a company. Uh, so <laughs> it's, uh, so it's, it's, it, I have to evolve it. Um, but what I found is that it's just, it's hard for the students to, and, and it's few and far between that the students actually come out and they're like, look, I, I have a, a company, you know, that, that I'm, that I'm ready to launch. Mm -hmm. You know, Michael, whether it be your story, that was a perfect example, or just being connected with you on social media, you're obviously very invested in tech, right? We're talking about, I mean, you're the tech rabbi, right? And your students are using these skills, these entrepreneurial skills to make connections. But something I am just so connected to, it's why I'm, I think I'm such a big fan is your idea of implementing your design process, your entrepreneurial process with purpose, because these are skills that whether they become entrepreneurs or not, these are incredible life skills that your students have the opportunity to learn in your classroom. Yeah, it's, 
it's it, it's hard for the students to appreciate, at least I found in my teaching career, um, the tech skills until years later when they're like, oh, wait, you know, like, you, I thought you were trying to make me a graphic designer or I thought you were trying, like, when am I going to ever need 3D printing? Mm-hmm. And then one day it, it, it's going to just like smack them in the face. They're going to be working at a job and someone's going to be like, all right, who knows how to do this? Who knows, who knows how to create a 3D model? They're going to like reluctantly raise their hand and then all of a sudden, you know, hopefully, you know, something good financially comes their way or, you know, promotion or some, some sort of growth besides like, oh, good, you have a new, an extra thing in your job, you know, like they do to teachers, right? <laughs> no, no extra pay, but you have, you have, you have a new job description. It's like, great, keep your mouth shut, right? Um, <laughs> but, but it's, it's important. It's really important for them. And what we've, what we've designed for our freshmen is we've given them a sort of a seminar of different types of tech skills for them to apply, create projects, whether it's a group project, individual project. You know, getting into, uh, I know everyone wants to say, like, start learning, um, you know, JavaScript or Python because, you know, there's so much potential with them. But I, I usually go to um, to Swift, uh, um, which is the language for iOS programming for a number mm-hmm. of reasons. One is it's the biggest um, app repository and the biggest location for people to actually um, hand you money for the work that you're creating. Uh, so it's it has some really potential upsides there to get a lot of eyes and you know, if you make something of value, um, a lot of money as well. But it's also a, a language that can help you create something that you, you, you get to see it kind of immediately. When you're talking about churning out large data sets with Python, you know, that, that's not, it's not very, it's not very flashy. It doesn't, it's not very exciting, to be honest, um, even though the power of, of using Python is, is tremendous. So we give them, you know, um, and also Apple has an incredible curriculum uh, that's geared actually towards middle school students, but um, the, the, the high school students, they knock out the first two levels of the Swift playgrounds on the iPad uh, in no time at all. And they can actually hopefully get into Xcode and create some basic apps to just have that fluency. Uh, we, brought a, we brought a venture capitalist uh, into the school to uh, just share, you know, what he does and how he got into this space. And he said, everybody needs to know programming. That doesn't mean you're going to be the chief architect of your app that you're going to create, but you need to understand what's possible, and you have you have to to, to dabble in that space. So we do that with you know 3D design, whether it's laser cutting, CNCing, uh, 3D printing. We do it uh, with digital content creation, video creation, uh, using you know Adobe uh, and um, and Apple products. We do it with visual presentation. And, and they just, they get this very broad experience and then they can take different, uh, different courses, 10th through 12th grade that will hopefully take those skills. You know, Arduino, we have an engineering program and, 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 but at the end of the day, they just, they, they have to have what, what, what was on our resume when we were, you know, trying to break into our, our, uh, you know, first career. Uh, was, you know, proficient in MS office, you know, <laughs> for proficient in Word, okay? Like, that's what it was for, for us. For them, they have to be pro- proficient in other things. And it really has to be uh, around, you know, being able to create something. Whatever, in whatever medium it is, something needs to be created. That is the next, you know, frontier for these young people. And they don't always appreciate it, but I, I push it, you know, I push it nonstop. Well, Michael, you've touched on a lot of things, but whether you understand all the tech tools you just listed, you summarized it perfectly in the end talking about how we're really teaching our students skills 
so that no matter what they need to create, no matter what products they have, they have access to, they're able to do that. And that leads perfectly into the question that I want to know of how a teacher gets started. We have listeners that that heard your entire your story and they said, yep, I, I want to do that. I know what those tools are. I'm going to purposefully incorporate that into my curriculum tomorrow morning. And we have other teachers listening who are saying, whoa, 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 what? We can't use Word anymore, right? So like there's these these vast majority of, of educators trying, trying to wrap their mind around how they can purposefully incorporate tech and design and creation. But how do you even get started in that for a teacher who just loves the idea of preparing their students for the future, loves the idea of supporting students creating a product that will that will hopefully help them in the future? Where do they begin? Absolutely. So one of one of the things that I've been pretty successful with as a director of ed tech, director of innovation, mentoring teachers is I always try to go with the approach of showing them how this tech can bring value to their classroom, whether it's their teaching practice or uh, the way that students can share information. So no one should get rid of Microsoft Word or Google Docs. Um, if anyone who's listening uses Pages, that's cool too. And I'm a huge Apple fan, but I, I don't use Pages. Um, for for at least for word processing, um, but but uh, don't get rid of uh, things. Things can be replaced when you feel that there's an actual purpose behind that replacement. But I'm very weary, and I think that's been um, a tremendous uh, asset to me helping mentor teachers. Is I don't come in and say what you're doing right now. You need to stop, and you need to do this instead because this is better. This is this is 21st century. I think that's a that's a wrong approach. Uh, what they need to, to do is they need to be curious. That's the first thing. And I, I feel like anyone who's listening to this podcast has to be curious because the people you bring on here and the conversations that you have, like curiosity is being sparked on a regular basis. So assuming everyone's curious, we're going to move to step two, which is don't try to master a tech tool. Try to imagine something valuable that can come out of that tool. So if I want to create an incredible documentary that will showcase learning that happens in my classroom with my students, so I can't use Microsoft Word for that. I could do that for script writing, I could do that for planning, but I can't create a documentary around you know, the Spanish Revolution or around, you know, photosynthesis or the growth of a butterfly, well, whatever grade level it is, whatever topic it is, I have to use some sort of video content creation uh, platform. And the cool thing that's happening right now is they're so simple. When I'm watching kindergartners edit and, and, and direct film, edit and produce documentaries on butterflies instead of just doing like the, uh, the other things that they did, which they didn't get rid of, they still did the art, they still did the worksheet, they still were able to get um, the caterpillars and watch them um, blossom into butterflies and then release them into the wild. But they captured all of the content and then they did voiceovers. And these were these were actually year two kindergarten students. I don't know if I said first grade. These were year two kindergarten. We, we call it pre one uh, in California. So they're doing that, and I'm like, okay, now now anyone can do anything. You know, I don't care who you are, how old you are, what your skill is. Like now, the bar has been set by you know a bunch of bunch of little 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 kids right now. And so that's that's what has to happen is you have to want to want something to happen. If if it's like, well, I need to I need to master stop motion. It's like for what? What purpose? What value is that bringing to you to your classroom? Like let's let's be realistic, you know. So I, I think it's it's that, and then it's just knowing that there's an incredible 
database of tutorials and educators that are willing to help you on social media, on YouTube, on Twitter, on Instagram, wherever it is, there's, there is an educator that can help you, an educator that can support you, uh, whether it's directly, whether it's through a video tutorial, but there's that. Uh, and then the other thing is just don't, perfect is the enemy of done. I, 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 that's a big piece of my, of my book. It's a big piece of the work that I do is I'm okay saying to a student, even though it sometimes it makes them very irritated, I don't even know how to do this now. You passed me, we need to Google it or you should Google it. <laughs> you don't have to be perfect in it. Now the problem is, and you, know, you have to have the empathy lens is, it's not that like, it's, it's not that they're worried that they uh, are, are gonna be shown that they don't know in front of their students, which sometimes that's a conversation. No, no teacher has enough time to get all of their coverage done of curriculum and make sure that everyone's assessed and everyone learned to the level they're supposed to for that course, that grade level. So when you're risking delaying it even by one period or by, by, by two days, it, it becomes very disruptive. But I am still a firm believer, and one day I will get a PhD and conduct actual legitimate research in this, is that if you create a meaningful experience using really powerful uh, content creation tools, the students will remember more from that content they created and shared than days worth of lectures and note taking and reading. But I don't have a PhD yet, so take it with a grain of salt. Michael, I'm just like sitting over here going, why are, why have we not been hanging out for like forever now? Because you are so speaking like our language and my language, man. I'm loving this. So I love that. I mean, you're just preaching our message, which is great. The purposeful tech, I, you know, Dave Burgess always says like a, 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 what does he say? Crappy lesson plan with technology is just a crappy lesson plan with technology, right? Yeah. yeah and yeah. then, and then I love that you talked about how, uh, whatever it is you need, whatever it is you're trying to do, there's a teacher out there that can help support you. Cause our, our good friend Chad Ostrowski always says that there is a solution to, to, to every problem that we see and we have and in education, every problem that you come into in your and come across in your classroom, there's a solution out there somewhere in someone else's classroom, which is why we need to collaborate and come together and share and support each other to be better for kids. So I love that you touch on that stuff. I'm, I am in just loving this episode, and now I'm ready to challenge you. We're going to put you to the test here. We're going to do the next six questions, and your goal is to answer each one of them in just 15 seconds or less. I'm good. I'm ready. Okay, here we go. What is, what is one ed tech tool you cannot live without? I cannot live without my iPhone. I don't know if that counts, but I feel like that, that counts. is, yeah, that's what I use for everything. I think at some point we're going to stop calling it a tech tech tool and we're just going to call it like a, an ex, a body part, like an extension. I don't, we'll have to figure that out. But uh, what, give us a book that you're reading right now. <sighs> I have a problem. I'm like, I'm like reading like six books, uh, six Pick books one. at once. <laughs> um, okay. Um, let's see. Okay. I'm reading Adam Grant's. Uh, originals and um, I'm also I want to give a I want to give a shout out um, to um, Tisha Richmond make learning magical mm, I'm nice. reading that I'm reading that also awesome. and uh, yeah those are my two two good ones all right uh, give us one person that we need to follow on Twitter today one person well, I know one. that's the hardest question <laughs> that is so intense um okay fine so i would say like someone who um i'm super inspired by right now and you know i've been engaging with um trevor mckenzie uh his uh twitter handle is trev underscore mckenzie uh t-r-e-v underscore m-a-c-k-e-n-z-i-e 
I'm sure you'll put that like in the show notes or something. Will do. Um, but yeah, yeah. He, he has, uh, he's all into inquiry, inquiry mindset, dive into inquiry, mm-hmm. his two books. So yeah, he's doing great stuff. And what's the best YouTube channel or website for educators? Oh, best YouTube channel is uh, John Spencer. Spencer John Ideas. Spencer. Great. Yeah. Uh, and give, it, give us a daily, weekly, or monthly routine you think every teacher should get into. Oh, man. That's a good one. Um, I think daily is uh, to take a moment to breathe, really to take a moment to breathe. Um, that's something I, I need to employ more of. Uh, weekly, uh, I'm, I just feel like one of the things that I, that I'm that I struggle with is I got so much going on, and I'm you know thank God I'm super grateful to have so much going on. But um, you know, making lists that aren't um, on technology, like actually writing down a list and being mm-hmm. able to like check that off, which I don't know if that's such a problem for educators today, but for me, you know, I'm the tech rabbi. I try to digitize everything. I need that, that space. And then, and then monthly is just, you know, making reflection and looking at, you know, what, where did I grow, celebrate those victories, but, but to, to make them concrete, not just like, Oh, like it was a good month, but really to look back wh- where, where was I not focused? And I, I think that's like what, you know, also like exercise. I'm not I rock climb three days a week. I don't know if that counts, but I love doing yeah, it that. Definitely counts. Everyone just start rock climbing. There, that's Jeez, my rock climbing. That's a great one. I was gonna touch on the. I'm. The, I, I. I love to. I'm very kinesthetic, so I. I the crossing off of actual physically crossing off is a big one for me. So I actually just got an iPad and got an Apple Pencil, and it allows me to do that while still being digitized, saving paper and. Sticking to that. Yeah. So just a little extra tip there. Uh, and finally, the last one. I took us off track there for a second. Best piece of advice you've ever received? Oh, <laughs> yeah, I mean, there, there's so there, there's so many, but I think for for me, you know, I you know, I I'm, I'm the tech rabbi. I am a rabbi, so you know, to to share something I think has been pretty powerful for me. There's a saying in in Yiddish, "Trak the good v'zayn good." And when it when it's translated into English, it means think good and it will be good, but not like think good and it'll like work out. But your your actual positive breakdown of your reality actually changed the reality around you. So we, we actually mm-hmm. have the, the power to change our reality and make it positive and not just say like it will work out. I think sometimes that that phrase can be translated in like a different way, but it literally means you have to have that positive mindset and, and it's contagious. It, it, it spreads to others. Absolutely. The, that positivity is, I mean, just, I, I think it's, it's crucial. I mean, I, I talk about, we, we hear, I talk about my Facebook feed on Sunday nights drives me crazy. Cause everyone's so just like upset that it's about to be Monday. And I'm always just like, just flip that around and get excited for Monday and your day, your whole week's going to be a whole lot better. And my Facebook feed's not going to be so negative. So like that positivity, like, I get pumped up for Mondays. I love them. Um, so yeah. it's just that that little shift can do can just change everything. So that's awesome. I love it. Well, Michael, you did a great job on those on those questions. Um, we have one last question for you, but I just want to personally thank you for not just coming on Teach Better Talk, but you know your whole all your answers are really focused on trying to give students the tools that they need to be successful and then supporting teachers and then hopefully scaling that for educators around the country i so appreciate that and value that about you and when we bumped into each other um this year at FETC i had the pleasure of connecting with you i so appreciate you taking the time to talk to me and you made my day when we were in the middle of our conversation i'm sure you have no memory of this 
We're in the middle of our conversation. You pointed at me and you're like, I know who you are. You're the girl with the chalk wall in your classroom. And it was so, (laughs) I mean, it literally made my day. I still talk about it. My husband laughed at me today when I said we were recording with you. And he's like, that's the guy who knew that you had a chalk wall in your classroom (laughs) because it's so special to be able to connect with people virtually and then meet them face to face and just continue forming connections and kind of knowing that that you formed some sort of relationship virtually with with educators on the country. So we really, really appreciate having you on Teach Better Talk. And I want to make sure that our listeners continue to gain all this value from you even after this episode closes. So would you mind sharing with all of our listeners how they can connect with you, whether it be a Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, website, whatever you know fits your fancy, and obviously wanting to also share your book so that our listeners can go check that out as well. Absolutely, um, and and I ju- I will just say to listeners that your your chalk wall is literally one of the best walls I've ever seen, <laughs> and, oh, and in a classroom. I'm not I'm not even joking. It's 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 so awesome. Uh, and my my art school you know design background was just when I saw it I was like this is this is so cool forget these white these floor to ceiling you know white white board surfaces like let's let's get back to like the raw and awesome brick chalk yeah it's it's super awesome we have some fun. okay yeah so yeah that's um, that yeah I I get excited and nerdy about things like that so as far <laughs> as connecting with me. Um, I've tried my best uh, to use my marketing uh, and design background before I got into education, uh, in education. So I've made sure to really unify the brand. It's the tech rabbi on every single platform, Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, Instagram, um, you know, Snapchat, although I don't really use Snapchat much anymore because Instagram stories kind of killed that for me. Um, but that's, that's how to connect. Um, I'm super active on Twitter. I feel like that's the place to have conversations. Uh, I'd love to be more active on Instagram. Um, I mean, I'm active, but the conversations there are just, it's hard to have conversations there. So it's really Twitter is, is my space. Uh, my book, Educated by Design, you can get it on Kindle. You can get it um, in physical form uh, on Amazon, Barnes & Noble. And uh, really, yeah, really happy uh, with the response from that book. Uh, it's been, you know, it was, it was an honor to write it um, and be published. And it's you know, the response on, you know, the different hashtags has been really just, incredible to to hear from from educators who have read it all right michael the way you phrased to con that that connecting or twitter is is myspace just made me chuck a little bit because you said myspace uh, so i just <laughs> wanted to ask because i assume you are like were you on myspace back in the day absolutely but the brand was not unified then i was on okay. my channel i had a geo oh were you content. okay gotcha. yeah, i was yeah. just curious because like it was like i mean this is, it's been years now. i can't remember when it was but a while back like i went back and i'm like i wonder if like my profile is still on myspace somewhere and it it, it wasn't but on my band's old myspace wasn't it just so i just i had to bring that up for you really quick there that's yeah, funny that's, that's good stuff uh one day we'll do that and we'll look back uh, did you have a facebook back in the day were you there? anyway uh so you know you know that you can find all the links and everything we talked about with michael today over at teachbetter.com in the show notes so make sure you head over there i will also include all the links uh, to everything uh ways to connect with them which makes it very easy it's just at the tech rabbi but we will put them over in the show notes so make sure you head over to teachbetter.com for all of that be sure to hit subscribe so you don't miss any of the upcoming episodes and if you can give us a rating review we would truly truly appreciate that and let's take this one step further i want you to think of just three colleagues that you know that need to hear these amazing stories and the advice that's being shared by these phenomenal educators 
and share this podcast with them because we want to continue to to lift these voices up and share these stories, and that means a lot to us. Michael, man, this has been an absolute pleasure. Uh, we were super excited to have you on. You did not disappoint. We, uh, I am so excited for everyone to hear this and to continue connecting with you and, and learning together and growing, man. We just really appreciate you taking time and chatting with us. Well, thank you for having me. It's been a great conversation. Super grateful for these these conversations. And until next time, let's get out there and let's teach better. Yeah.